Garden Basics with Farmer Fred is brought to you by Smart Pots, the original lightweight, long-lasting fabric plant container. It's made in the USA. Visit smartpots.com slash Fred for more information and a special discount. That's smartpots.com slash Fred. Welcome to the Garden Basics with Farmer Fred podcast. If you're just a beginning gardener or you want good gardening information, well, you've come to the right spot. Fabulous Fruit Friday is back on the Garden Basics podcast. Sponsored by TomorrowsHarvest.com, fruit tree expert Ed Livo will tell us about one of the tastiest cherries that you've probably never had, but you need to try. And it's now available. It's an old heirloom variety called the Black Republican Cherry. It's a sweet piece of fruit that has a good story behind its name as well. Stink bugs love your garden in spring and summer. We have tips for controlling this widespread pest of fruits and vegetables. Also, how to attract birds to your garden to do battle against the bad bugs. It's all on episode 82 of the Garden Basics podcast. And we'll do it all in under 30 minutes. Let's go. Welcome back to Fabulous Fruit Friday. It's good to be back. Ed Livo joins us from Birchall Nursery and TomorrowsHarvest.com with more great fruit tree selections. And there's plenty available this time of year at your favorite nursery and online. Ed, pleasure to have you back. Uh, for people who may not have uh, heard you on the program last year, talk a little bit about Birchall Nursery and the program TomorrowsHarvest.com. Uh, Birchall Nursery, of course, is a um, large um, wholesale grower in the Central Valley of California. I've uh, been around for many, many, many years and um, specializing in almonds. And uh, we are, of course, the um, we are now selling one of the most popular almonds, the Shasta almond. Um, that's um, fast becoming one of the most most uh, highest demanding al- de- demanded almond in the industry, which is very cool. Um, but um, we're talking primarily about the home garden division of, uh, of virtual nursery, which, of course, um, I really take a particular joy in because I've, you know, of course, been in the home garden industry, you know, for the better part of 40 years. So, you know, old is definitely <laughs> part of my character. And uh, so I'm really at home um, in the environment that we're creating. And uh, we have a great e-commerce site called the Tomorrow's Harvest which has a lot of exciting varieties that have come out of uh, the Birchall's uh, programs through the years and uh, some great tasting fruits. Um, I'm really having a ball just going through this large library of, of fruit varieties that are all new to me. And so I'm doing taste testings and I'm looking at looking for the next exciting peach, the next exciting nectarine, the next exciting plum. You know, there's some good plum apricot crosses that that are available. So, I mean, we've got a lot of things that uh, we can have some fun introducing in the uh, in the coming years. Exactly. There's apples, apricots, peaches, plums, cherries, and so much more. It's not just almonds. There's a lot of great deciduous fruit trees available from tomorrowsharvest.com. Now, I know right now that uh, there are a lot of uh, virtual nursery fruit trees available at retail nurseries throughout California, and it'll probably expand in the future. But right now, probably the best place uh, to get virtual fruit trees would be online from tomorrowsharvest.com. 
Correct. Yeah, it is. And definitely during this bear root period, of course, that we're in right now, uh, we have a great program um, that we call our plantable paper pots. And uh, this is, while everybody else is trying to root their trees into their plastic containers, makes it difficult, you know, for you to, for them to transport and, and it makes it difficult for them to sell. We have a paper pot that we actually put uh, really beautiful trees into and we secure them in with a cap and then and zip tie them the cap in so the trees held firmly into the paper pot and uh, then tied in plastic put in a box sent right to your straight right straight to your front door very easy if you're ready to plant you just go ahead and dig a hole so where can you find uh, videos that explain how to plant with a plantable paper pot well, you can find them on Facebook or Instagram. We have uh, our uh, Facebook um, page for Tomorrow's Harvest and our Instagram page for Tomorrow's Harvest. And, um, yeah, we've got all kinds of neat little videos on there. Most of them are to promote the idea that, um, you know, if you can buy, buy a bare root tree that, uh, you know, is in a paper pot. And we take care not to prune the roots aggressively when we put them into the paper pots. We actually make the paper pot or the root set well into that paper pot paper pot you just plant it pot and all and you can do you that just, as soon as you get it you can do it as soon as you get it or you know like if it's raining and you're in a yucky outside and you don't want to go outside you know put it aside somewhere and it's it's what they call healed in meaning that you don't have to do anything to to protect the root system the root system is planted into the pot so um, the root system is protected and ready to go when you are just keep it watered Yep, just keep it watered. In past episodes of Fabulous Fruit Friday, we've talked about the various peaches, nectarines, apricots, Asian pears, and apples available from tomorrowsharvest.com. What do you have for us today? Oh, man, I tell you, I, I've got one of the most exciting varieties of cherry that anybody has ever had. I mean, as far as its taste is concerned, and that's the Black Republican cherry. The Black and Republican cherry. Correct. The Black Republican cherry. As ominous as it sounds, it really has a history and a story that goes along with it um, uh, to support it, too. It um, was actually a political gesture uh, back in the um, 1800s, just uh, right after the Civil War, uh, done by an Oregon grower uh, named Seth Llewellyn. But uh, the Black Republican is is really a, an amazing, intense I mean, tremendously intense flavored, sweet fruit with just this distinguishing characteristic that is hard to describe, but it sets it apart from all other cherries. Yeah, we should point out about Seth Llewellyn that he named it uh, the Black Republican Cherry because he was a Quaker and an abolitionist and uh, that he was just trying to promote his abolitionist beliefs. Correct. Yeah, that's what it was. It was a totally a political statement. That's exactly what it was. And the uh, black Republican uh, cherry, I, I hear it's good for canning and freezing. It is. I mean, anything that you would you, you would do with a sweet cherry, uh, the black Republican would be good for. You know, absolutely. And it's a little more cold hardy, too, as mm -hmm. well. It seems to take um, a little bit more cold than the average uh, sweet cherry does, too. So that's uh, another important feature on it, too. Yeah, I did a little reading about the Black Republican cherry, and I guess for years and years it was basically just used as a pollinizer for other varieties. Oh, yeah, it's a tremendous pollinizer. It pollinizes all the, all the popular varieties before the new hybrids have come out, because the new hybrids are all, almost all of them are self-fruitful, and so... So, you know, of course, they don't really need a pollinator anymore. But at one time, you know, Black Republican was like a universal pollinator. Black Tartarian took its place. But, of course, um, there are some who believe that Black Republican 
may very well have black Tartarian as a parent. It is a variety with a very interesting history and an outstanding taste. As you can tell, Ed loves it, and a lot oh, yeah. of people do, and, and now it's back in circulation. Yeah, it is. And, it, and and I think that's really, really, really cool because, um, you know, some of these older heirloom varieties, you know, they kind of fell out of favor only because new varieties came in and just overshadowed them. They didn't necessarily fall out of flavor be, favor because they weren't good. Maybe the characteristics that the gro- the growers at the time were looking for were maybe a, di- a, a different size in that time period, or they were looking for, you know, a little different color, you know, that became popular, like, like a lighter red or something like that. And and a lot of times it's the it, they get overshadowed. These varieties don't don't necessarily um, warrant being excluded or lost. They just um, kind of get forgotten. And I think it's important, you know, California rare fruit growers and so many other great um, collect collectors, you know, are, are, you know, kind of responsible for keeping these uh, trees alive. And thank goodness that they do that because, you know, to, to lose some of these really incredible varieties would be definitely a tragedy. I like what the University of California Davis, their foundation plant services in their Prunus Encyclopedia says about the Black Republican, revered for its exceedingly rich, sweet, intense, distinct black cherry flavor. Both the deep purple color and distinct flavor carry through in black cherry ice cream or yogurt. Some say the flavor is earthy with notes of rosé, almond and herbs. I wouldn't disagree with that at all. Folks, you have an idea what Fabulous Fruit Friday is all about here with Ed Live-O from Virtual Nursery and the Tomorrow'sHarvest.com fruit tree program. Visit Tomorrow'sHarvest.com. Find out more about all the fruit trees available. You will be amazed. Listen to us on Fridays, and Ed will uh, give us a fabulous piece of fruit every week worth having in your backyard orchard. Ed Live-O, yeah. thanks so much. Hey, thank you, Fred. Always a pleasure. Smart Pots are the original award-winning fabric planter. They're sold worldwide. Smart Pots are proudly made 100% in the USA. Smart Pots are also BPA-free. There's no risk of chemicals leaching into the soil, your herbs, vegetables, and other edibles. That's why organic growers prefer Smart Pots. Smart Pots breathable fabric creates a healthy root structure for plants. Smart Pots come in a wide array of sizes and they can be reused year after year. If a frost or freeze is in the forecast, moving your frost tender plants that are in the Smart Pots that have handles makes them even easier to move closer to the house for added warmth or you could even move them inside. Visit smartpots.com Fred for more information about the complete line of Smart Pots lightweight fabric containers. It's Smart Pots, the original award-winning fabric planter. Go to smartpots.com slash Fred for more info and that special Farmer Fred discount on your next Smart Pot purchase. Go to smartpots.com slash Fred. We like to answer your questions here on the Garden Basics podcast, no matter where you live. And John from Johannesburg in South Africa. He writes in and says, I have a large pomegranate tree and a peach tree. This year, both had many fruit, but all the fruit were spoiled. The pomegranate rotted from the bottom and the peaches all had little holes on the skin and hard gel-like substance. He attached photos. And 
Quentin Young is here from Fair Oaks Boulevard Nursery, also a master gardener. He's been around the world. And uh, South Africa, much like California, Mediterranean climate. And I could see where uh, we might have something else in common, and that would be the insect pests. Yeah, probably the similar pests. And if they weren't aren't native, then they probably were introduced at some point because we're all you know always exchanging plants. Even though now we're a little bit more aware of it, in the past we probably weren't. Yeah, exactly. Like that's the story of how snails got to California. Some Ex- yeah. somebody brought them in for food, and next thing you know, they escaped. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. So anyway, the pictures that John sent in, and there's some sort of white frass emanating from the peaches and he has a picture of a pomegranate that looks absolutely horrible it looks like somebody took a shotgun to it yeah it's got some quite significant holes there yeah so what would cause this sort of damage and what should john do so to me this is typical of the damage that we would see at the fair oaks horticulture center at the orchard and also customers bringing it into the nursery and on the peach tree we refer to this as gamosis and it's usually feeding of um sort of a whole range of insects that generally are called stink bug stink bugs um they're basically piercers they're suckers um they pierce the the fruit and then you see this basically um these kind of liquid sugars kind of being excreted and again a general term is just gamosis but that's basically what stink bug damage will look like on pomegranates of the nursery um and here the biggest culprit is the leaf-footed bugs which are stink bugs. Which are stink bugs. Yeah, there's all sorts. Of, when we say stink bugs, there are a lot of uh, common names for uh, stink bugs. There are several varieties. you got the bagrata bug. you got the brown marmorated stink bug. You've got the uh, uh, conspurse stink bug, the harlequin bug, and, and many others. But basically, uh, the way to tell a stink bug is crush it and smell your fingers. And they stink. Yeah. Yeah, they smell. Yeah, yes. they have a distinctive odor. So let's take an integrated pest management approach to dealing with stink bugs uh, in an orchard, wherever you may happen to be. I guess uh, one of the easiest things to do is go out there early in the morning when uh, they're least active and can't fly and start hand-picking. Yeah, hand-picking when they're big enough. If you can get them in the nymph stage, um, you might want to do a little research because sometimes they'll look a little bit different as a nymph versus an adult. But that's when you're going to want to be doing um, in the winter um, to get rid of the overwintering eggs. You could use horticultural oil. A little bit later, you would maybe use neem oil. But then, like you said, um, especially when they get bigger, they're usually easy to pick off in the morning and just crush. Or Or drop in some soapy water. Right, yeah. I was going to say that if you don't want to get... You may want to wear gloves to that as well uh, if you're you're handling them. But yeah, just putting them in some soapy water uh, is a a good solution as well. Another strategy is to eliminate any ground covers and weedy areas that might surround your orchard simply because that's where they may be spending the late winter before they move on into your orchard or your other plants come... um, spring or summer and we should point out it's not just uh, fruits that uh, stink bugs go after they like just about everything in your garden they love tomatoes too yeah you'll see a lot of damage on the tomatoes basically you know on a ripened fruit you'll see some white dots and then usually some corky damage beneath that yeah yeah, the good news is that tomato is still edible. Just cut off the uh, discoloration and the hard portions, and the rest of it's still edible. But, yeah, as that tomato matures, the, those yellow spots get bigger and bigger. Yeah, and, you know, and for a homeowner, it's fine. If you were trying to sell it retail, it would be a problem for you. In John's uh, picture from uh, South Africa there of the pomegranate, I think one reason these holes and the discoloration on the pomegranate are so big is that those piercing insects, the stink bugs, probably attack the pomegranate in a smaller stage, and as the fruit grow, 
those holes and discolorations just got bigger. Yeah, it's basically like any sort of damage on the fruit, you'll just start to see decay, and then the holes get larger. Another solution for stink bugs might also be to use a vacuum cleaner. We've done that at the Horde Center, actually. One of the master gardeners brought in a vacuum and vacuumed them off. What sort of vacuum? Just a regular vacuum. Yeah. Okay. A shop vac? Yeah. I guess, yeah. She could use a shop vac. Yeah, it would work. Yeah. If your if your if your um, infestation was large enough, I can see you doing that. Yeah. Now the one thing is um, that unpleasant stink bug odor is going to be on in that filter in the vacuum. Yeah, that's, so yeah. I know the folks at uh, University of California recommend putting a nylon stocking into the vacuum tube and securing the end over the outside of the vacuum tube with a rubber band and that way the bugs that are collected in the stocking and won't get into the vacuum cleaner that's filter. That's a very good point, yeah, because they are kind of smelly. Another reason for nylons to still be in existence. That and tree ties. There you go, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, so stink bugs and another uh, non-chemical solution. Apparently, stink bugs are attracted to light. And uh, the University of California recommends placing a foil roasting pan filled with some water and a few drops of dish soap. Point a light into the pan and place that pan where you think the stink bugs are and leave it there overnight. The bugs are attracted to the light and will fall into the water and drown and basically empty the pan, repeat as necessary. Yeah, I mean, I can see you do that. That would work for a lot of insects, sure. That'd be great. All right, there you go. We're just trying to solve your pest problems before they get a hold in your garden. Quentin Young is manager of Fair Oaks Boulevard Nursery here in the Sacramento area, also a University of California Cooperative Extension certified master gardener. Quentin, thanks for your time. Thanks, Fred. Warmer weather means that fruit trees and berry bushes will soon spring to life with the promise of tasty, nutritious, fresh fruit for you and your family. So what are you waiting for? A website for more information? Okay, it's tomorrowsharvest.com. That's your go-to site for a complete line of backyard fruit trees and bushes. Tomorrow's Harvest fine line of fruit trees is the result of 75 years of developing, testing, and growing. Three generations of the Birchall family have been at the forefront of research and development of these plants of the highest quality. And all of these beautiful edible plants have been carefully cultivated for your home garden. And they come in plantable paper pots. They're ready for you to stick directly in the ground, pot and all. Look for tomorrow's harvest fruit trees, including the Black Republican Cherry, at Better Retail Nurseries. And if your favorite nursery doesn't carry any of tomorrow's harvest fruit, nut, and berry varieties, you can order them directly from tomorrowsharvest.com. Let the Birchall family's three generations of experience take root in your home orchard, landscape, and garden. It's tomorrow's harvest, goodness that you can grow. To find out more about their nutritious and delicious fruit and nut varieties, visit tomorrowsharvest.com. We've talked a lot on this program about attracting the garden good guys, the beneficial insects that do such a great job of controlling garden pests. But let's not give short shrift to our bigger friends. They need a place to live as well to battle the bugs in your garden. We recently spoke with UC Cooperative Extension Farm Advisor Rachel Long about how to attract birds to your garden. 
hedgerows may be uh, out of the uh, scope of for many backyard gardeners, but mm-hmm. I think adding uh, evergreen shrubs where you have dense foliage that mm-hmm. can uh, uh, serve as a hotel for some of our bigger friends, like birds who can help mm-hmm. control things like tomato worms, are very important to have. Evergreen shrubs like uh, the, the, the Cal- here in California, the California Bay, the mm-hmm. uh, Loris Nobilis, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the Toyon you mentioned, the Manzanita, all of those are important. But think about uh, a border of shrubs, too, evergreen shrubs that help to keep the birds around, the little birds. Right. Those are actually really, really important for helping to control pests, too. For example, uh, the uh, we just finished a study looking at, uh, at bird predation of codling moth in walnut orchards and uh, and apples and find that, uh, that birds in migrating through areas that they are, they're gleaning the bark where these uh, codling moth, which is, you know, big pest, it's a worm pest of apples, pears, walnuts, and uh, they glean the bark and they, they just, they eat up all these overwintering uh, codling moth and really help to suppress the uh, pest numbers. And, and finding that birds are critically important for helping to control pests in, in backyard gardens and, and uh, by putting in habitat for, for birds, it does these uh, these uh, plants like uh, you know toyon with the Christmas berry and uh, and other flowering plants you know bring in hummingbirds and uh, but also insectivorous birds that that feed on uh, on a lot of uh, crop pests like you know like the tomato hornworm or the or the army worm and uh, uh, pests and uh, and do help to uh, to to control them and a lot of people are worried well you know then they're going to eat my fruit and such but. Uh, but you know, overall, if uh, that the, the benefits that you that you get from from birds really far far outweighs any occasional problems that you might have with uh, with some of the birds like feeding on uh, on fruit or the uh, or seeds or or nut crops. Those you know people think well if I put in habitat then I'm going to bring in pest birds, but uh, those would be like your flocking birds, like your blackbirds or your or your crows and. Uh, um, or cowbirds, but uh, um, those birds, they they're there regardless of your of habitat, and uh, you know that you could have a hedgerow, or not have a hedgerow, and those flocking birds are going to really cue in on crops or or any sort of you know backyard gardens, but uh, but but having you know the head the habitat just brings in a lot of songbirds that that are important for for feeding on pests, particularly in the springtime when they. Or then they need that uh, the insects to feed their young to uh, as a high energy source, and so 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 it's, it is really critically important to uh, to put in habitat that that favors birds as well. The Garden Basics with Farmer Fred podcast has a lot of information posted at each episode transcripts, links to any products or books or websites mentioned during the show, and other helpful links for even more information. Plus, you can listen to just the portions of the show that interest you. It's been divided into easily accessible chapters. Plus, you'll find more information about how to get in touch with us. Maybe you could leave an audio question without making a phone call. You can do that at SpeakPipe. That's SpeakPipe.com. It's easy. Give it a try. And you just might hear your voice on the Garden Basic podcast. If you're listening to us via Apple Podcasts, put your question in the ratings and reviews section. You can always text us the question and pictures or use your voice to leave a question at 916-292-8964. That's 916-292-8964. 
800-529-8964. You can always use the good old email, fred at farmerfred.com. That's fred at farmerfred.com. And when you leave a question, be sure to tell us where you're from. That will help us greatly to accurately answer your garden questions because, as you know, all gardening is local. In the show notes, you'll find links to our social media outlets as well where you can leave questions or make comments. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And there's a link to the FarmerFred.com website. Thanks for listening to Garden Basics with Farmer Fred, brought to you by Smart Pots. Garden Basics comes out every Tuesday and Friday. It's available on many podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeart, Stitcher, and many more. And if you're listening on Apple, please leave a comment or a rating. That helps us decide which garden topics you'd like to see addressed. And again, thank you.